Blog Talk Radio. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. Your hosts are here for the show tonight to interview our special guest. A show highlight, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, boxing, tennis, golf, story. Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, tune in for all the news and scores, reporting on the games, and so much more, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. Good evening, everybody. It is the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Podcast. Tonight is uh, May. 12, 2023. Glad to be back on the program. And where in the world is Alan tonight? He is out in San Antonio, Texas, as he has been covering the first XFL championship game, which will be taking place, of course, tomorrow at the Alamo Dome. And Alan, uh, I know you you drove out there. It's definitely a long drive from Central Florida. How are you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing fantastic. And I really appreciate you're asking, and definitely, I'm glad to be in the show. It has been well worth the trip, and then some. Absolutely. We got a lot to get to tonight with uh, all your coverage and all the uh, the different uh, highlights of what you've been able to do while you are out there. And, of course, the big event, which is tomorrow, the game itself. And, of course, our show tonight is sponsored by our great friend, uh, Chef G, Chef G's Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. And, you know, certainly the people in Texas uh, need to get some of that uh, barbecue sauce there. Texas is a great place to have it with all the great food and, and, and whatnot that they have out there. So, Alan, uh, you got the word on Monday that you were heading out to Texas. Uh, you got in the vehicle on Wednesday and, and made that trek all the way out there. That is quite a adventure and quite a long drive. Uh, tell us, uh, just give us some of the highlights uh, so far in the first uh, 48 hours or so since you've, uh, since you've been out there. Yeah, definitely, Aaron, and I'll do that. And it, it was this. Uh, it was a blessing for me to be driving. Believe it or not, it may not. It may sound like, man, it's a long journey. But as you mentioned, Monday we got the green light, we got approved, which I want to thank first and foremost the XFL and the Orlando Guardians for making that opportunity for us here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. We genuinely, sincerely appreciate all of you, and. Basically, once we got the green light that we were officially approved, Monday, which was Monday, I had planned to drive out there Wednesday to go directly to San Antonio. So I was I was en route on Wednesday, left early in the morning, figured I was going to get there sometime Thursday, and I was just going to kind of relax until Friday. Well, guess what? The XFL and the Orlando Gardens had an opportunity that was just something that we could not have. Opportunity came in route to San Antonio. I got an email notification that Coach Terrell Buckley was being inducted into the Goodyear Cotton Ball Hall of Fame, and and it was going to be in Arlington, Texas. And I think they sent it to me kind of assuming that I wasn't going to show up. And they said the event was Thursday. 
in route, I said, well, when I saw the email, you had Earl Buckley, to name a few. That was enough motivation for me right there. But also, it gets better than that, Aaron. They had Eli Manning, who was also being inducted. And you had Tony Temple. And you had a total of seven men. Seven total at the Goodyear Cotton Ball Hall of Fame. A distinct honor being presented and being honored TNT Stadium, which is the Dallas Stadium. And they were going to be inducting Thursday morning. And they asked us if we would like to make this event. Believe that, Aaron? On the route to Alamo, to San Antonio, the Alamo Dome. No, that's that's a really cool story for sure. No, I mean, just just the fact that you're able to get out there, I think this whole thing has been uh, such a great uh, blessing to our show, first and foremost. Um, The fact that you were able to cover, um, I think, every single or almost every single uh, Guardians game this year, and then the relationship that that has built for our program, and, of course, getting the invite to go out. And I'm hoping, uh, certainly with uh, scheduling conflicts next year, to, uh, to be able to join you, um, certainly. So this is a really neat thing, and I'm excited for you. I think, uh, you know, obviously representing our show extremely well, being out there. And um, we talked a little bit off air prior to the show starting here a few minutes ago about some of the content. Uh, go into that for us here. Yes. So, you know, I, I basically, to button up what happened, the details, the Guardians, this is how great the Guardians are. They sent me the email. I think they were thinking, okay, this event, he does realize, is in Texas, and all it's in Texas. And so they asked, let me ask you a question. Are you going to be in Texas? And I said, well, ironically, yes, I will. I'm in route now to San Antonio. If we move quickly on this, I can actually make the event. Instead of me going to San Antonio on Thursday, I'll be going to Arlington, Texas. On Thursday, and I could actually, since I am driving, make the detour and basically make the trip. And I and when I clicked on the link to kind of you know make a long story short, they were saying that it was closed. Basically, for you to get entered in for media, it was closed. But this is how great and of a blessing that the Orlando Guardians are. They said, okay, let me check into this right away. They basically said, Alan, you're good to go. They that's that's the trust that they have in us. I appreciate the Orlando Guardians. So they made things happen right away, which I told them they need to in order for me to change routes. I get down there, and the event is first class. It is first class. You got a chance to see Coach Terrell Buckley get inducted. He was really appreciative of me being there. I think he was a little surprised, like, man, how did this guy, how did he make it out here to Texas? He covers me in Orlando all the time, and now he's in Texas? You know, it's kind of yeah. like that, like, what the heck, right? Yeah. And then, but he was, like, impressed at the same time, like, in shock. <laughs> so, definitely props to Coach Terrell Buckley for making it Cotton Ball Hall of Fame. I got a chance to interview him. I'm going to put that content up and pictures. I do want to apologize to a listening audience because I have not put up those, those contents yet on my social media page. It is really just because I've been running around a lot and I need a strong internet connection to get this stuff uploaded. And to make a long story short, first thing tomorrow morning, so I apologize to Terrell Buckley and Eli Manning and also Tony, Tony Temple, who also got inducted, and he asked for us to tag him in all the pictures. He even I never knew Tony Temple, who was also inducted, until this day. I met him. He saw I was taking pictures. I was engaged, and we talked. And he said, "Please tag me in all the pictures you take, because I know you took some great pictures." <laughs> you know. There what we man? go. Yeah, yeah. So I said I will, and I am going to do that with Tony Temple. You could be very well listening to this. I apologize, but since I'm on the road, it's a little different than being at your home office. And you can post up. You have strong internet. This is why you pay for high, fast-speed internet. When you don't have that, you are a bit limited. So I will get it up. 
much that and a lot more. And that's just talking about the event on Thursday. I haven't gone into today yet, but just to bring people's speed of what happened yesterday, because I haven't posted up on social media. So what are your thoughts about the Goodyear Cotton Ball Hall of Fame? Well, first of all, what a neat event to go to. Um, I mean, think of all the stuff we've been able to do this year. You, you have been, of course, uh, right in the thick of it all, all of it, uh, back to Daytona in February, and here we are three months later with uh, with being out in, in, in uh, Texas, of course. And to, to be around some of the individuals you mentioned there, uh, you know, what a great thing. And I'm sure Terrell Buckley was thinking, I just saw this guy in Orlando a couple weeks ago, and now he's, he's following me out here to Texas. So, um Wow, just a neat thing. Um, like I said, you know, this is a great thing for our program and for the exposure that it provides to us. And then, of course, we get to provide our fans the content that you're mentioning that you're going to have out tomorrow morning. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing it as well. And, um, you know, I got to ask this question, uh, Alan. We're going to bring Lou on here uh, tonight. Uh, Lou, I know that you had your high doubts and, and did, certainly, we're not uh, thinking that the XFL yeah. would even get to this point. <laughs> what is the crow that you're eating like? Uh, eating tastes like tonight? Is it uh, is it well done, or you know what? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for a devil fans out there, I think they're all eating crow. But I kind of knew what the problem in the series, so I wasn't surprised by the I wasn't surprised by the loss. The Devils losing? Gonna... Oh, go ahead. The Devils, yep. got, Devils got eliminated last night. Yeah, Allen's been on the road, so he uh, he admitted to me earlier today that a lot of the news in the sports world right now he's been kind of behind on. So we may be yeah. we may be giving him that news for the first time uh, with. Yeah, uh, so I wasn't I wasn't surprised by that at all. So you know, speaking for a lot of people that I know, but I wasn't surprised. Carolina was just. Has a strong defense, and the devil just couldn't muster it at all. Wow. And I know you were pulling for the devils. What are your thoughts on, on the devils being eliminated, Aaron? Well, I mean, look, uh, surprises happen. Uh, I'm not sure if I'd say this is a surprise or not, but, um, you know, down here, I think we're still reeling from the, the lightning being out you know, two weeks ago now, I think, just with yeah. – uh, with a run that they've been on for the last four or five years, and I think their run is coming to an end, unfortunately. I think they'll well, still be never, up. Well, never mind that. What about the biggest upset of all when the Bruins choked in the last minute? It, it happens. You know, you can play really well during the season, and you get into the playoffs, and suddenly, you oh. know, you, you, you run into a hot team, or, you yeah. know, you just you choke, like you said. You had the game in the bag, though. You could have just waited for one more minute before losing in overtime. You had the game in the bag. Agree with Aaron on on what he said about the lightning. I do feel as if our lightning, unfortunately, the lightning bolts have went out. I think they had their yeah. moment in the in the sun, like it is in Florida. But what ended up happening is other teams. Once you start winning, other teams become get on notice of it. You become the bull. Yeah. And it's just harder for you to repeat and repeat. Not only that, you get older. Well, of course. And you get older, they get hungrier. And then eventually, that's what ends up happening. Like, even the Chicago yeah. Bulls, as great as they are and great as a dynasty they were, I, I don't know if they come, come back on. and win a seventh title. Do you think they win the seventh title? You're, you're talking about the, the Bulls, right? If Jordan the Bulls fake retirement, yeah. probably. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I, I think when they won that sixth championship, Michael Jordan had to give 120% effort, and he was gassed at the end of that Utah series. Yes, he won. Yeah, true. But I don't know if he goes about it another year if he ends up winning. Yes, I do think they would get deep in the playoffs, but I, I'm not so sure. And if he does win that one, let's say he's not going to win much more after that. What are your thoughts, Aaron, on does Jordan get seven if, if the dynasty doesn't get split up? Oh, I, I definitely think they're in the in the finals uh, at the minimum. Um, but I also think, too, you know, we've seen other guys uh, that have done this. They've gone out on top. 
Michael Jordan was that type of guy. And the funny thing is he came back a few years later with the Wizards. Um, but Michael Jordan was that type of guy. He didn't want to go out because he was being outplayed physically and mentally and all that. He wanted to go out because he made the decision and the choice to go out. Now, he was listening to his physical skills, I'm sure, at that point in 98 or 99, whenever he um, retired for the second time. But you, know, you think about guys who could have kept on playing but would have been kind of a shadow of their former selves, and I don't think he wanted to be in that position. I think he wanted to be able to control his own destiny. You know, when, when it was time to go, it was because he decided it was time to go, not because the game had passed him by. So I, I would make that argument on Jordan. I've made this argument many times in the past, uh, both on the show and just in conversation. I think you could have been talking about had he not retired in 90, uh, 93 or 94 about possibly, you know, eight consecutive championships and maybe even nine had he continued to play after the team was broken up uh, there in, uh, in the late 90s. Um, it's one of those arguments we'll probably have for a long time, just like the, you know, who's better, Jordan or or LeBron. Um, it's kind of that same thing. You know, what would have happened had something else taken place, had had this one road been traveled a little bit differently, how would things have looked differently? I, I still would argue to this day that the Bulls would have won eight titles in a row had he not retired, but maybe he would have retired earlier had he continued playing uh, really yeah. close at this point. So, um, yeah, that's a great point. So, Lou, yeah. uh, if, you gotta ask if Jordan had a fake retirement, it would have been seven. Seven? Okay. Okay. You're yeah, in February retirement. So what? I'm sorry. Ask ahead, question again. Yeah, February retirement. So what? <laughs> <laughs> so, Lou, I got to ask you this question here. Uh, you know, we're a month, uh, six weeks or so into the baseball season. Obviously, uh, you're in New York. Alan's a Yankee fan. You guys are both uh, Yankees. And I am not worried about the Yankee status right now. Look, we're still above 500. It's a very competitive division, and if anybody's taking a panic button right now, you are not a true Yankee fan. Sorry. <laughs> We're any concern? Okay. I mean, any concern about but, the injuries I mean, they're having there right now, and and the, the talk about Aaron problem, Boone being yeah, replaced? I mean, because you know that is not that is not a baseball team that is a train wreck. So they have to get through this train wreck before they're going to have any chance to compete and catch up against. Do I dare say Tampa and even the Orioles? Yeah. Yeah, Baltimore so, is a good-looking ball club this year. So yeah, they don't suck anymore. <laughs> and then you got you got Boston, who I think is really a surprise. I, I don't think Boston is yeah. good right now. Toronto, I mean they they have a good they they had a great outing out of uh, Chris Bassett tonight. They beat Atlanta three to nothing yeah. on a complete game. So I think Toronto is for real. Um, a bunch of I, birds. I, yeah. And then but, you know, Tampa, Tampa is you still have, rolling. You have to feel so. sorry for Oakland, though. You have to feel sorry for Oakland, even though I'm not a fan. But look, eight wins in six weeks of the season—that is—that is tragic. Yeah, I think this is setting up to be an all-time bad team. I mean, you look at the, the early 2000s. Uh, I want to say 2002 or 2001. The Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Yeah, Detroit Tigers. Um, you know that lost 115 or 120 ball games. Uh, Oakland might be just as bad as that that early 2000s team. Alan, Alan, this team is so bad. Yeah. They can they might break the all-time record for the worst season ever of the 52 Mets. The way they're going. You want the Yankees? No, the, the A's might break the record for the worst season ever. The 62 Mets have that. They might be on course to break it. Wow, that's not good. That's definitely not good that at all. Were, they were, they were forty and a hundred and and what one hundred twenty-two in that season. Oakland looks to be on on pace to break it. I mean, you really you can't. In, in a crazy way, I kind of can because I feel as if they're trying to. They they basically have turned the page emotionally. When you turn the page yeah. emotionally on something, you quit. I don't care what profession, what you're yeah. doing. If you turn the page emotionally, you're just a shell of yourself. And they are looking at a new baseball stadium, thinking yeah. about their current situation of being the worst team in the league. They're thinking about 
their mind and their their body is in Oakland, but their mind and their state of mind is in Las Vegas. So I can't say I'm surprised at all. Well, let's be fair, too. You know, you look at what they've done since the, the lockout ended a little more than a year ago. You traded Matt Olson to Atlanta. You traded Sean Murphy to Atlanta. You traded Matt Chapman to Toronto. Um, there's a handful of other players. Uh, I can't think of their names off the top of my head, but that have been traded. So you, you had a team that had a pretty good yeah. nucleus there. They were a contending team uh, two, three years ago, but Oakland is a small market ball club. They don't have the budget that the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Cubs and the Dodgers have. So, you know, no. they, have to, they have to kind of do what Tampa has done. They have to kind of churn players. You, you keep them for three or four years, you wait till their value is high, you buy low and you sell high. Um, that's, that's kind of what they've done. And they've got a lot of prospects, but it's going to probably take two, three, four years to get back to any sort of level of com- being competitive. And it may not ever happen in Oakland. I mean, the, the ballpark is falling apart literally. Uh, the team is, as you mentioned, eight and twenty-two or whatever at this point, and you know that that nineteen sixty-two Mets record may may be broken this year. It's going to be very close, I think, at this point. And yeah. you know, it's a sad thing because you got a, you got a, a good baseball guy as your manager out there, and Mark Kotze. You know, he's he's a baseball lifer and was an excellent college and and major league player, and then he gets a job there in Oakland. And you know, what are you asking him to do for the next several years? Be a really bad a manager of a really bad team or are you asking him to yeah. turn that thing around so it's going to be interesting to see how things go i think that uh the fan base is i think essentially at least the ones who show up to the games they're not doing that anymore um no. on the other side though you look at some teams that are, are maybe surprising look look how good texas has been this year they're they're leading yeah. the, the al west right now um and, and you know they had they had some core pieces already in place before this year started but you you bring in a you bring in a veteran, future Hall of Fame manager, a World Series winning manager, and Bruce Bochy, and you've got all the, the pieces starting to come into play. And then, of course, I I thought it was a mistake for them to go out and put all the money they did into uh, to yeah. uh, to, to uh, Jacob Degrom. But you know, look, they're playing extremely well. Whether that holds up the entire year, we'll have to wait and see. So. Um, mm. What's your biggest surprise, Lou, in the baseball season so far? You mean on the good side or the bad side? Oh, well, either one. Go both. Go, go, go both uh, uh, I haven't said the A's are the biggest disappointment, you know, since the invention of the wheel. It was only invented last week. Uh, oh, boy. Um, <laughs> um, I'm also kind of surprised at the Mets, you know, how they made their run last season, and now they're just, like, collapsing. They, uh, you know, I think Uncle Steve's got a problem. Oh, boy. Oh, Uncle Steve. Yeah, yeah I think with the, with the Mets, you know, just being a fan of a team in that same division, it doesn't surprise me that the Mets are playing poorly right now. I think they put all their cards into two guys. Uh, both oh, wait, future Hall of Fame pitchers. <laughs> on the upswing, I do have one. On the upswing. Go ahead. Pittsburgh. And, you know, Alan, Alan predicted they were going to be a really good team this year, and i got to give Alan a lot of credit there. He did his homework. Um, they, they do look really solid. And I didn't tell this before, Alan. Yeah, Al, Alan must have had some kind of inside, uh, inside knowledge uh, of, of, the, of the Pirates organization. Um, obviously, it's still early in the year. I'll tell you the biggest disappointment, to be real honest with you, in, in baseball right now. A's, I think we kind of saw a potentially bad season, which is, where it's at right now. The St. Louis Cardinals, though, they are having a horrible season. Uh, to start. They, actually, the worst start in the history of their franchise. That's a team that's been around for well over 100 years. They're 10 yeah. and 24, I think, right now. So they, they have really started off it's bad. It's bad. really bad. Yeah, they're in a really bad spot let's right put, now. Let's put it this way. Speaking of Oakland attendance, I think more people are listening to the show than attending an Oakland A's home game. Wow. <laughs> there we go. And on my show, I've, let's put it this way. Because, uh, you know, I, now because I'm on YouTube, i got subscribers. I think I've got more subscribers on my YouTube channel than people attending Oakland A's home game. Isn't that, isn't that something? Wow. Oh, so you on fire with that YouTube show. Yeah. More people tuning in that than going to an A's game. It's amazing. <laughs> Good for you. And speaking of that, Says it is, tell us what's going on. Tell us what's going on tomorrow. All right. Okay. Well, we got a lot to do tomorrow because... Uh, of course, we're going to cover, of course, the um, NFL schedule. But we can't do the whole schedule because it won't allow me to do that with a lot of time. 
because it would take up probably uh, Christmas to get it all done. Uh, of course, we'll continue on with the playoffs, with the NHL, and the NBA. Yes, we'll cover the championship game of that league. Uh, we'll also be talking some USFL, Major Baseball. And uh, we're going to do some PGA golf because I got some news about Tiger Woods. For some reason, I thought the PGA Championship was this week. It's next week. So I guess I'll do a double. I guess I'll do a double hair for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll recap the Kentucky Derby. I got some news about that with the horse. Uh, we'll also cover some MLB and if any any interesting uh, UFC or WWE news comes along, I'll bring it to you. Of course, we'll have the ridiculous item of the week, uh, sports trivia, um, the feel good story of the week, this week in history, and as as I do every year this time. It's also ladies' night, so if you got a wife, a daughter, or even your mother-in-law, they can call if you want. Yes, we include the mother-in-law, too. Oh, boy. So uh, the call number is 512-543-4662. Again, 512-543-4662. Remember, all are welcomed as well tomorrow night, but, of course, you have to come in uh, dressed and drag as Klinger. So I said, no, 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 I'm not kidding. But all are welcome, even though it's ladies' night, because... I wanted to make it special for, you know, the ladies since it's Mother's Day on Sunday. And you didn't tell them the YouTube channel. We are on YouTube now. All you got to do, very simple, people, go to YouTube. Put in, exact, now put it in exactly as I say it, the Enhanced Sports Show. Don't take away any words from it. Don't anything else to it. Put it exactly as it says, because if you don't, it's not going to show up. So put in... After you get to YouTube, put in The Enhanced Sports Show. And capitalize the word The, please. Do exactly as it says, or else access will be denied. You'll know, get something else. Yep, so The you, Enhanced Sports Show. Right. Exactly as I said it. The Enhanced Sports because Show. Some, because some have done it and, put in, and, forgot a, and forgot a word like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, you lied to us. No, you didn't do exactly as I said. <laughs> they call me stupid. <laughs> there you go. Oh. All right. Well, Lou, thanks for joining so exactly, us here tonight. <laughs> yeah. So exactly as exactly as it says. You got it. Five one two. Five one two five four three four six six two. And it's five one two five four three. Remember that these those time, please. Eastern Standard Time Zone. Very important. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people get that all mixed up. All right. Yeah. Well, Lou, thanks for joining yeah. us tonight, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you again uh, in, in the next uh, next next week, of course. So. And uh, yeah, and of course, uh, we'll cut. We'll uh, keep an eye on, of course, on that XFL preview. Oh boy. There we go. Absolutely. Right. So. I may have to regret this. <laughs> Well, we're going to talk about the XFL championship game. And for the record, gentlemen, and for the record, gentlemen, it's the second XFL championship game, not the first. I'll clear that up with the folks. Don't worry. (laughs) You said it was the first. No. What, the 2001 doesn't count? No, okay. It's it's the inaugural championship game for this ownership group. For this edition? Yes. Yeah, right. yeah. But, but, this, but second this, overall, let's keep that in mind. Right, correct. Just like this will be the uh, the fifth USFL championship in July. Yeah. Overall. Well, Don't forget, guys. Well, I lived through the last. I lived through that last one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not as young as I look. <laughs> All right, fellas, on that note, uh, have a good week, and hopefully uh, I'll hear from you soon. All right. Absolutely. Lou, Lou thanks for joining us. Have a great night. Okay. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, our good buddy Lou there in uh, New York, New Jersey. Of course, uh, he joins our show uh, pretty much every Friday night. And, uh, again, we want to encourage our listeners, uh, if you're free on Saturdays between the hours of 4 and 6 Eastern time to listen to the Enhanced Sports Show uh, and, of course, the YouTube channel that he mentioned there as well. So moving right along, Alan, uh, I know we talked a little bit about this uh, while Lou was on with us here. Um, we're six weeks into the baseball season. Things are going well for some teams, and things aren't going so well for some others. 
um, just to kind of piggyback off what we talked about there before, what is your biggest surprise, good or bad, in, in the league this year? Like, where, where do you feel things are, good, bad, or indifferent? Definitely, you know, the Rays off to a super hot blazing start. You know, we talked about the Pirates. Uh, that one actually wasn't a surprise to me. I, I had my eye on them in spring training and looking at the talent level. You know, that's that's to be expected uh, for, the, for what I've seen with the Pirates, as I let our listening audience know. You know, the A's, you know, we talked about them. But I would just have to say the – I would say just one of the surprises is that the Yankees are so far back. That to me is a surprise. I, it's, not, it's more of a surprise that they're as far back. Not so much of a surprise that the A's, uh, that the Rays, that the Rays are doing so well. So when the Yankees are not somewhat in the mix, it's always a surprise. I kind of disagree with Lou. The season's not over yet, and you can't win it in May, but you don't want to fall. You understand? It's just like in class and in school, you might miss a, a homework assignment. You might fumble around a little bit, but you don't want to be piling up losses and moving further and further back. You don't want to do that. And as long as the Yankees can get back on track, I think they'll be in good shape. But it is area for concern, I would say. Yeah, I, I, um, I mean, as much money as they're spending, and, and you know, we could say a thing about the Mets. We can get into them here in a moment. Um, for the Yankees, and they're in a really good division, by the way. I think that the AL East is kind of what we saw ten or twelve years ago, where you had three or four really good teams, um, and it was almost like one team was always going to be the outsider, and the other four were going to be really, really competitive. And this year, all five of them seem to be competitive. But the, the concern with the Yankees, in my mind, is uh, certainly in the starting rotation. I think that the lineup has had some of its own issues as well with Aaron Judge having missed some time. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously he's the catalyst to your lineup at this point. But you think about this. This is an interesting stat to look at here. I'm looking at the standings for the AL East right now. I got Tampa at 30 and 10. They're four games ahead of Baltimore, who's 25 and 13. Boston is probably the biggest surprise right now. They're 22 and 16. They've won eight of their last 10. They're only seven games back overall. Toronto is the same. They're also 22 and 16. And the Yankees are 22 and 18. Now, I look a little further down here. You look at the AL Central. If the Yankees were in the AL Central, they'd be in first place right now. So you got to look at the, you got to look at the overall. I mean, you know, I'd say ultimately it's not really that bad a situation for them to be in. They're eight games out of first place. That may seem like a stretch and a lot at this point in the year, but things can turn around. Um, so I, I would, I would say they're definitely not out now. I would much prefer to be playing from ahead than behind, you know, having a, a comfortable lead in your division is certainly an important thing, but those leads can shrink very quickly. We saw a year ago, the Mets, the other team in, in New York, that we we're going to talk about here tonight. They had a 10 game lead in late May over the Braves, who were the defending world champions at the time. And Atlanta comes back and ends up winning that division in the final few days of the season. So it's not impossible for it to happen. I think the Yankees are going to need some help, though. I think they're going to need to make some changes to improve. Um, the hot rumor here up until maybe a week or so ago was what's going to happen? Is Aaron Boone going to get fired? Are they going to move on and go a different direction? I still think that could happen anyways, even if they have a good season. Expectations in New York are very high. Let's talk about the Mets down for a moment. They have – certainly struggled this year. I think the biggest thing that they've made a mistake on is they put all their eggs in the basket of Justin Verlander, who's about to be 40 years old, and Max Scherzer, who's very close to being 40 years old. You put a lot of, a lot of it into guys that are at the very end of their career and on the biggest stage in the game, and here's the result you're getting right now. The Mets currently in the uh, NL East are at uh, presently – 18 and 20, they're seven games back. They've only won three of their last 10 games, and they're struggling at the moment. Almost a $300 million payroll, that's pretty bad. Yeah, you know, you're right. It is, that is a pretty poor start. And your, your Braves are doing big things. They're definitely piling up those wins. But they're seven games back. It's not panic time for them yet. 
but it's you know just like the Yankees, I feel like they're in the same boat. It's time for concern, but not panic. You know, feel like so bad having a record. Not in a danger zone, but definitely you don't want to fall too far back. And you're right. You know, a lot of times when you put a lot of investment in, you know, it, sometimes it could come back to bite you because, hey, you're, you're saying that you're paying for what a guy used to do, and it's like this. Father Time, unfortunately, is undefeated. At some point, Father Time will catch up to you. When that happens, it kind of varies from person to person. But like you said, once you get in the 40s and you start pitching, those aches and pains start growing on you. Well, not only that, but, you know, you got to have depth, too. And I think the, 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 the envy of the league is what Tampa has done for the last 15 years. They've, they've been able to, you know, produce players from the minor league system or through trades, get them built up to, you know, a, a within two, three years being a free agent, and then they trade those players for three or four players, and they do the same thing with those players. It's kind of a, uh, a cycle that just continues to go on, and that's why they've been so good is because they find players that fit what they need and not just let's go out and spend money. Spending money has not always – obviously, in this case, we've seen this with the Mets. It, it doesn't always mean you're going to win. Um, it's nice to have the ability to go out and bring in big-dollar players, but – Sometimes the chemistry is off, and that's a lot of times what's happening. I think it's been a big problem in New York for both clubs, to be honest with you. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, spending money is nice, but I agree with you. There is a lot to be said for a situation where you have young talent. You understand? Like, when I talk about the championship game and the XFL and situation a bit later tonight, I'm going to explain to you what the issue is when you're a very, very good player competing against somebody who's younger than you. And that's the same thing that happens in baseball. When you're a well-established pitcher or even a hitter and you have new guys coming up, a lot of times they'll go for the younger guy who's inexperienced versus the veteran who has experience and age just because the younger guy is cheaper. Sometimes spending money is not always the best thing. Sometimes one thing about not spending all your money all the time, and I credit the Rays for this, still want to get things done, but you have to be more conscious about what you're doing and what you're spending money on. When you don't have those resources, you have to spend every single dollar and make it count. And that's where I credit the Rays. They have excellent, outstanding young talent. And that's what the Yankees used to be at one point, but now they come lazy and just want to scratch a check. And that's the result you're seeing with the Mets, and that's the result you're seeing with the Yankees. Yeah, and, and honestly, you know, you think about – Tampa, you compare these clubs again, you know, the successes of what Tampa's done with very little and the lack of success the other two have had in the last several years. I mean, they've been in the playoffs, obviously, but that doesn't necessarily – that's not where they want to be. They don't want to just be in the postseason. They want to win the World Series. You start to see teams yeah, that right. want to mimic what, what Tampa does, and they start taking pieces from that team. The Dodgers did this, uh, what, 2014. They took uh, one of Tampa's – highest executives and, uh, you know, put him in charge out there in L.A. And L.A., you know, the funny thing about the Dodgers, they've been one of the higher spending teams, too. All those great teams winning those divisions for what, seven or eight years in a row, and they only have one World Series title to, to um, you know, to show for it. So um, it just goes to show you that spending money does not always, you know, pay off in terms of what you're going to end up as a result. That's absolutely correct, Aaron. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, you can have an outstanding team without spending all the money. You have to use your resources. You have to network. You have to kind of look at the talent because you could pay all the money in the world to get guys who are talented, but are they going to play well together as a team? Are they going to have chemistry? We talk about 
egos and I want this and I want this way. One of the great things about younger guys that are really in tune with trying to get better and looking for an opportunity, a lot of times the younger guys, not in all cases, but a lot of times the younger guy is at least coachable and he doesn't have that baggage with the ego and the personality. They're more willing to listen and they appreciate coaching better. They appreciate not having a spotlight and say they get an interview. They appreciate those things more. When a guy is already established, have you done for me lately? And it's all about feeding someone's ego. You're not necessarily getting a much better player. You're getting a more of a high maintenance player more than anything. Yeah. And that was one of the things that made Joe Torrey such a great manager. Um, you know, when he was in New York uh, for that, 10 or 12 years he was there, 96 to uh, 07, I believe is what it was. And I think it wasn't so much he was managing baseball games, and he was. I'm not taking anything away from him there. But he managed a lot of really big personalities, really probably towards the middle and then towards the latter half of his time there when you brought in guys like Alex Rodriguez. You had Gary Sheffield there. Um, you had uh, Roger Clemens, of course, come back to the team in 07. Um, you know, and, and you just had all these different personalities there. It was a different team from his early days when you had more guys that had had established themselves, of course, but they weren't necessarily superstars. You know, Scott Brocious was not a superstar. Um, I would say that Tino Martinez was was superstar esque, but he wasn't necessarily a superstar in the in the traditional sense. And that changed as they got a little further down the road. They started throwing more money at players, bringing in highest paid player at each position, and that unfortunately backfired on them then. Because, again, you, you get a guy who's making, you know, highest money at his position, he's going to have to be you about that typically. So that, that kind of backfired for the Yankees, I felt, towards the end of the Joe Torre era back uh, 15 or so years ago. No, you're absolutely right. And that's, that's a great point, Aaron, that when you have a team and a nucleus of guys who are buying in for one goal and one accomplishment and there isn't – a situation where I want to get all the credit. It's more like, let's get all the credit. We did it as a team, and you've got guys who are not maybe the guys that get all the spotlight or the big names. A lot of times, that's more of a recipe for success than anything. And you, you sometimes have to show humility, and you have to also make sure you're getting guys, not just because of the name. You have to look at who you're getting, what type of personality they have, will they work well in this situation with our players, our coaches, and are they willing to help us win? Not just who's got biggest following, who's celeb status. You can't look at microwavable success because it doesn't happen like that. And I will definitely talk more about that when I talk about the 12th championship game. No, absolutely. And, and Alan, actually, you know, on that subject, uh, you know, talking about the XFL game tomorrow, uh, obviously tell the folks, uh, you know, what you've been able to see so far. I know you kind of went over some of the things with us earlier, but some of the things that maybe they wouldn't see on TV in the background, some of the things you've run into, or, or maybe some of the things you've been in awe of in the brief time you've been out there. Yeah, that's a great question, Aaron. There's been a lot of things that people don't get to see behind the scenes, but here at the Allen and Aaron Segrader Show, we are blessed with the opportunity to not only see these things, but to discuss them so the audience is more informed behind the scenes, look at what's going on in the curtain. Not anything bad happened. It's been outstanding. Again, I want XFL for the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. This opportunity to cover the inaugural championship game. Let me touch on that first to kind of clear up things with, with Lou. Okay. It is the inaugural XFL championship game for this ownership of the XFL, meaning Danny Garcia, The Rock Dwayne Johnson, and Jerry Cardinal from Redbird Capital. They bought the XFL from this man, and they basically are running it different than he did. Not putting down Vince in any sense of the storm. Nothing wrong with Vince. You know, 
but they are doing things differently. And this is their first championship game. And for us to have the opportunity to cover it is just, I can't thank them enough. And what I've seen so far, hey, you have the Orlando, you have the D.C. defenders who went 9-1. They only lost one game against the Arlington Renegades who won four games and lost six. They won four games, folks, lost six. A lot of the people have said that they don't deserve to be here. First and foremost, let me touch on that. The Arlington Renegades do deserve to be here. And let me explain to you why. You know the rules before it starts. Two divisions, north and south. You have to be one of the top two teams in the north division and two teams in the south division. That was on the table before anyone even caught a pass. You can't go through the end of the season and complain, and that being predominantly the St. Louis Battlehawks team, because they had a 7-3 record and did not make it. Credit to Kazlet, he said about three or four games before the season, he noticed that his North Division, he said one of our teams in our division is going to have a big record and not make the playoffs. We have to make sure it's not us. And that was an outstanding quote because guess what? It happened. Now, these two teams, the D.C. Defenders, came in off the bus first. I will go ahead and put up all this content tomorrow morning. I'm going to show you guys see. And I know that I wasn't the first to put it up, but I'm going to explain, not just put up video. The D.C. Defenders came in first. If I would say relaxed, confident, and cocky, I would say all three of them were the D.C. Defenders. They came in real <laughs> I mean, Aaron, they came in very relaxed. One of the coaches, not even the players, said, which I didn't put this content up yet, but I'll kind of give you a spoiler. He said, we're going to beat their bleep. We're going to beat their bleep. And I'm like, okay, you're very good, yes, but I don't know if, if you can say something like that against the Arlington Renegades. I think they're underestimating the Arlington Renegades. I really do. And I said, because I got interviewed on the field early in the morning, I got asked, who do I predict? And I would say, to me, the Arlington Renegades today won the press conference. They flat out won the press conference. And why I say that is because they had a more serious tone to them. It was more like, yo, we're focused on this championship game. This is our focus. This is what we're looking to do. The D.C. defenders were, to a fault, almost too relaxed. So let me ask you, Aaron, maybe I missed something. Two stark, different, totally stark contrasts. Do you think that's a negative or a positive? To, to be overconfident? To be overconfident? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think you have to look at it from both lenses. Uh, from one side, you know, obviously you don't want to go in with a negative mentality. Because um, obviously you kind of speak into existence when you have a, a doubt about something. And certainly you're going to play to whatever you feel like you're going to play to if you feel like you're not going to be confident. At the same time, and, and I would say there's also reverse motivation for the opponent here, coming in that that assured that you're going to be successful and then getting punched in the – it's kind of like a, a boxer getting punched in the very first minute of a, of a bout, you know, not seeing it coming. And that, that, that kind of thing can definitely be a negative. In my mind, and, and I'm a little bit more old school when it comes to the – how you approach a game, you don't, you don't want to give your opponent anything that's going to motivate them. Coming in and saying, we're going to win, we're going to whip there, you know what? That, all that's going to do is motivate whoever you're playing against. And in my mind, that actually works against you. So I would say it's probably a negative thing to do that. I think having the, the confidence that, hey, I, I'm confident we're going to win this game, just saying that, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but having the, you know, the, the extracurricular uh, verbiage that comes in there, uh, that to me, you know, that, that, that comes back to bite you and the you-know-what very quickly. So, 
No, I agree. I totally agree. And you brought up a great point about a boxer. One of the best quotes in life you can remember, folks, is this quote by Mike Tyson. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And that is a great quote for you to understand in life, sports, and in business. I've even seen people from the Shark Tank use that quote and give Mike Tyson credit for it. Everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. What that basically means is that, hey, I have a game plan against you, but, hey, I get punched in the face. Now my game plan changes. I feel after watching this unfold in front of my eyes, and, again, I'm going to put this content out for you guys to consume and have your opinions on it, I feel as if today the D.C. defenders absolutely gave the Arlington Renegades a lot of motivation. And I even said this today when I was interviewed on the field. What, what they was asking me was my prediction. I said, well, the D.C. defenders have a very good game. If they play their game and they execute, they should win. However, the Alton Renegades are not somebody to play around with. And I do feel as if, to your point, Aaron, if the game does not start off well for the D.C. defenders, and let's say they get punched in the face, now go up by a score or two, which we've seen things happen like that, I think because of all of the stuff that they were doing today creates a lot of pressure on you because you were supposed to say, we're going to beat their bleep. Well, when that doesn't start off that way, guess what? You put pressure on yourself now. You put more anxiety on yourself now. I feel as if this is wrong. I love what Eli Manning, now I'm going to use Eli Manning as a reference because Eli Manning was so great gracious enough to give us an interview, which I get tomorrow morning. I'll put that up. And I took a picture with Eli Manning. He was so gracious. I love what he said right before he played Tom Brady. He was confident but not cocky. They asked him literally right before the game started, what are your thoughts about going into this game? And he said, well, well, he said, without even batting eye, if we do what we're supposed to do, we're going to win this game. And it was confident as all get out, but it was not cocky, not one bit. He said, we're going to beat someone's bleep. He never went that far. He just said, you know, we do our game. We're going to come out and win this game. And that's what you want from your quarterback. I love what Lewis Perez said. The quarterback from the Renegades, props to Lewis Perez because he showed humility in his answers today, and he showed a guy being focused on winning. And props to Lewis Perez, too, because today I did not introduce myself formally like this is Alan from the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. Lewis Perez was so gracious enough to not only give great answers to my questions, he took a picture of me, and he even addressed me by my name without me telling him my name. And I was impressed by that, too, because I did not introduce myself today to him, who I was. So props to Luis Perez. Just to button this up, I'm going to say this much. If things do not start off well for the D.C. defenders tomorrow, I love the Renegades' chances. I think I, today is a is an, a basically glaring thing where you want to be confident, but you don't be cocky. There's a fine line between that, and I think the D.C. defenders crossed that line today. I really do. They didn't do anything. I've seen worse, but I think they were a little bit, little too, too confident, and I would even say a little too, too cocky, in my opinion. So how do you feel as far – I mean, obviously the game tomorrow is going to be incredible. How do you feel about the potential of a team that is under 500 winning a championship in in a sports league? Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a fantastic thing. Fans have been saying that too. It's like this. Not always in sports the best team wins. Because if it was just on the best team, statistically speaking – the D.C. defense are the best team. That's just, I'm not, you know, the amount of talent they have, their win percentage, all of those stats, the D.C. defenders are the best team. However, it's not always, and I've said this on our show, and I'm gladly to say it again, it's not always the best team that wins. I feel a championship, 
is the team that plays the best at the time wins. Time wins. If you're below 500 and you come in hot, which the Renegades have been, they've been coming in hot, you have a chance to, to win this. Everybody knows the rules before you start. Kind of like the Bucks. The Bucks came in with a losing record. But guess what? If they came in hot and were winning and they win everything as a wild card team, hey, you know what? It is what it is. Because when you have a team that is a wild card, you have to win every game on the road. You, <laughs> you have a tougher road to win a championship. So to me, the Arlington Renegades, wholeheartedly, if they win, it is no shame in the game. And I think it should motivate the team that, hey, even if we come in stumbling and bubbling with a poor record, we still have a chance to win. On any given Saturday, and now say even any given Sunday. <laughs> the defenders don't get off to a good start. I feel as if the Arlington Renegades can definitely win this game. Well, definitely a good take there, Alan. I know you're excited to be there for the game tomorrow. Obviously, we are all looking forward to the great content that we're going to be seeing coming from you. I know you're probably exhausted right now, too. That was a, uh, just a long drive from from uh, Central Florida to the Dallas area, and then, of course, uh, four or five hours south of San Antonio. I don't envy that. I've made a drive somewhat similar to that before, not quite as far, but certainly can understand uh, where you're probably – um, exhausted at this point. So um, hopefully you're able to get some rest between now and the game tomorrow. Tell our audience here tonight uh, when the game is and where they can watch it. Yes, gladly. Definitely. That's a great question, Aaron. The game tomorrow, if you can make it, it's going to be at 7 p.m. Central Time. Again, that's 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern, Tam- Eastern Standard Time Zone at the Alamo Dome here in San Antonio. I, the reason why I say that is because there's been a large flux of people buying tickets at the last minute. Tickets are very affordable. Go to XFL.com. It's nice and easy. XFL.com. Get your tickets if you can buy them locally and show up to the game or if you want to come out of town. You still have time. Now, if you cannot make it to physically out to the game, this is going to be a nationally televised game. So you will be able to see it, again, 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. Wait, did I get that mixed up? No, 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you got it right there. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get it. You, you, you've been in multiple times. I'm in a different time zone. Yeah, so you've been so, in multiple time zones. You've probably been awake longer than you have, have slept here the last uh, last uh, several <laughs> days uh, with all that driving. That's probably, what, about uh, 1,500 miles, give or take? Uh, probably closer to 2,000 at this point. So, um, 2,000, well worth it. Yeah, definitely well worth it. So. Well, Alan, this is uh, certainly exciting. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be looking first thing in the morning uh, to see the content. I know our listeners are as well. Anything else you care to add here tonight? Yes. Uh, I, I definitely want to let people know that if you're not able to watch on ABC, you can watch it on ESPN Plus and check ESPN as well because it's going to be a, a game that you don't want to miss. So at least watch it on one of those platforms, the fans know the listening audience know that we really appreciate them for making these opportunities possible without you guys none of it is possible want to thank and give props to the xfl i do want to let people know that i will be at the game tomorrow and i will be giving you content the great thing about tomorrow is that it'll be more of a setup where i will have things like my laptop and be able to put some things at Pretty much media day, and once it was done and the players left, it was pretty much everybody had to leave because they were setting up things, breaking things down. So tomorrow you should be able to get a much quicker turnover on players. I'm going to make sure that you get So just bear with me. I promise you guys more video content to come. It is coming, 
and I'm excited to give it to you. And you guys are going to be satisfied and well worth it. A lot more to come on the Alabama Sports Talk Radio Show with content. Absolutely, Alan. So I want to thank uh, our listening audience again here tonight. I want to thank Lou for, uh, for joining us here at the top of the, uh, top of the program. And, of course, our great sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, so delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. And if you're listening out there and you hear the, uh, the, 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 the part of that where I said Florida Barbecue Sauce, that doesn't mean it's only in Florida. You can ship it anywhere. It's actually been shipped out to Alaska. So hopefully the good people of Texas are listening in here tonight to the show. And they can, of course, go online and purchase some of Chef G's uh, excellent Florida barbecue sauce. So for Alan, who is, of course, on the road in San Antonio, this is Aaron signing off. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Evan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. Subscribe and check out us on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.